Welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by a Sport Clips. Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy, Darren. Welcome in. What is happening? Nate Abarea, welcome into the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. This is a podcast about soccer. It is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista, and it is brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is great to be a guy. Hi, Nate. Hi. I like beer and haircuts and soccer. It's good to be with you guys. I thought maybe Nate would try to introduce somebody also. We would just keep doing this. You should have circled back around and just introduced Jordan there, and we could have just done that for 30 minutes here today. we got a three-man booth. I like it. This is the Unnamed Soccer Podcast plus Nate Abarea, who's sort of a official, unofficial part of this podcast anyway and has been for several years. It's quite we the business card. All together there on Thursday night, so why not have a rip at it? we got plenty to talk about today. Nate, thanks for joining us. Sorry I couldn't be in studio, though. It's good to be with you guys uh, on the phone line, on the dependable phone line, and I would just like to circle this thing back to my good friend, the reason why we started a little bit late, because he was driving in from Arizona or Santee, I can't quite remember, but he's in, he's ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> the truth, Jordan Carruth. Why does everyone think I'm late today? I showed up at the same time I show up every single week for this podcast. I actually showed up to the studio, Nate, unlike you, who I believe is doing this from, like, your bed right now. Is that true? I was up in time. I was up in time and ready to go. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Um, That is true. I will say Nate was the first person on the group text today to say, okay, I'm locked, loaded, and ready to record. He was the first. Okay, but all that takes is him just being awake. True. He did that from bed. There's not a lot there. Okay, Nate, uh, do we start with Liverpool? Oh, convenient, convenient. I love how I miss out during uh, the most extraordinary of winning streaks. I somehow managed to not come on the show. No, we did not invite you. Day after we time uh, the the Atletico Madrid one Liverpool nil result uh, to come right before my uh, return to the podcast. Take it away, Jordan. Okay, I felt like yesterday my text messaging to <laughs> Nate Abarea was not appreciated. All I was saying is I'm I love watching both of these managers. I love the environment both at the Wanda Metropolitano. I like it obviously at Anfield. But Nate had has it been a while? The last loss for Liverpool was what? I want to say it was in the EFL Cup. Does that sound right? I mean, and we're talking when the first team was away in uh, right. Guitar for right. for the uh, for for the Club World Cup and and you had the kids playing Villa uh, in in the EFL Cup yeah that was the last official loss uh, for Liverpool and then before that it was Napoli during group stage of Champions League correct Napoli in the group stage of the Champions League was the uh, one time that the first team the proper Liverpool first team lost a competitive match. Have you okay. seen Napoli in the standings this year, too? A little oh, rough. brutal. Yeah, I know. Watch, though. I'll have to eat these words coming up on Tuesday. Uh, so what's the common thread here amongst these losses? Is this a trend, Nate? Are you concerned about this moving forward? I'm concerned about the second leg. I think anyone should be concerned about the second leg. I think you have to respect your opponent. I think this is something where we've seen what teams in Europe can do, uh, i.e. Napoli and Atletico Madrid. And mind you, we're talking about, I know he's no longer the Napoli manager. In fact, he's now the Everton manager of all teams. But we're talking about these two losses. Uh, we're talking about Carlo Ancelotti and, and Diego Simeone. We're talking about iconic managers. Simeone, maybe a little bit more of the modern era. Ancelotti with the, the classic years behind him and, and still doing it and still with that capability to, 
to frustrate. That was a 2-0 result that Napoli pulled against Liverpool where Liverpool played one of their worst games of the year. And you had the, the result yesterday where, as I was texting you uh, throughout the match, responding to uh, uh, some antagonistic texting from one uh, Smith yesterday. <laughs> I was not I was antagonizing. I was referring. I was referring to the uh, the ten deep and a low block mentality. And we're talking about. You sent me this article all about Cholo's last stand. El Cholo's last stand. Cholismo. Almost. It almost feels like he's holding on. It almost feels like he's holding on by a thread to this great era as Atletico manager. And this is so much the the last stand of El Cholo. Well, it just went even deeper as they get this one nil lead in the fourth minute. And they carry it on for 90 more in the most quintessential Atletico Madrid fashion from the shithousery to the downright toughness that wow. they displayed, the organization. That was an Atletico Madrid masterclass yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you got to tip your cap to an extent, but it was also, it was hard as hell. It was it was 10 deep in a low block for 90 minutes, and we'll see what Liverpool can come up with at end. So Absolutely. I'm and we're, we're just a return to the identity of Cholismo and all that sort of stuff that we've seen from Atletico Madrid as well. I will say this, and, and in all kidding aside, I do think that Liverpool, and I, I've lived this, I think Liverpool <laughs> Anfield going to be totally different there. Uh, I will say, though, an interesting little nugget popped up that a Diego Simeone side at Atletico Madrid has never lost a Champions League tie to a club that didn't have Cristiano Ronaldo on it. I thought that was very interesting. Now, I think that changes, I really do, from history, because I saw what happened at Anfield last year. But uh, I, I just I found that interesting, Nate. Jordan, I don't know what you guys think, but they've not lost to a side at this stage or any other stage besides the group to a side that didn't have Cristiano Ronaldo on it. Obviously, Real Madrid and Juventus. Jordan. <sighs> Nate, um, <laughs> we are in a pool, Darren and I, and I was asked to actually go with the upset, knock out Liverpool, go with Atleti. I was told by a good friend of mine, go with Atleti here. They're going to get bounced this round, and this is a way for you to make up some great ground in this pool and jump ahead. I did not listen to him. I did not listen to him <laughs> at all. I-, I think it's just because Me of neither. my experience with yeah. Just co-hosting with Darren yeah. and his experience in La Liga, you see what kind of happens in Madrid with this club, and then it's a little bit different once they get away, and especially with a club like Liverpool, I feel like this has a chance of being like 4-1 at Anfield or 3-1 right. at Anfield. And we watched it happen at, uh, it wasn't Serrano's, where was it that we watched Barca and Liverpool? Uh, we were at the Owl. The Owl, yeah, the Owl Drug Company. So yep. we've seen it happen before. I don't think I would be, uh, I'd be a little concerned if I were you, Nate. But well, I guess say, if I were you, Nate, are you doing any research on Poch? Maybe do you think maybe it's time for a managerial change? Uh, I do not <laughs> think uh, it is time for uh, any kind of managerial change. I think everybody can uh, remain nice and calm and comfortable when it comes to the post of uh, one Jurgen Klopp. But you mentioned score lines there, Jordan, mm-hmm. and and you threw out three one. Um, if Atletico score a goal at Anfield, it's going to have to be three one. Right. I mean, that's something that a lot of people. I think sometimes don't look at with the way that people break down first legs and away goals and aggregates and mentalities and how you carry yourself in or carry strategy into the second leg. If Atletico Madrid get an early goal at Anfield, look, I know Liverpool can score three and score four at home, but this is a different unit with a different mentality. This isn't Barcelona and the ego of Barcelona and the way that Barcelona needs to play, the way that so many teams in the Premier League feel that 
they need to play considering that they're going for points in the table and and they need to attack and actually have a bit of a slugfest with Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, you could say some teams down in the bottom of the table maybe are uh, more akin to the strategy laid out by Carlo Ancelotti and Diego Simeone in those two games that I referenced earlier. But I think the key difference here is that Atletico Madrid or Napoli in that first game, or let, let's just focus on the team that Liverpool are going to have to overcome in the second leg on March 11th at Anfield. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a mentality of a lower tier Premier League team with the quality of an upper tier La Liga team. And that's a vicious combination. That's a Diego Simeone combination if there's ever been one and if Atletico get an early goal I'm telling you I would have more fear of scoring three against Atletico Atletico Madrid than I would Barcelona that is very well said I I think the zero is much more impactful than scoring the one goal right not allowing Liverpool to score on the road that's that's much more impactful in the leg than actually just getting the single goal it is going to be difficult to go out and just score a bunch against Atletico clearly but I still like Liverpool's chances. I don't think anyone should be surprised if Liverpool actually get through this. No, and I also think the other thing to Nate's point is this, is that we don't know, and we've seen it, those of us that watch a lot of La Liga, we also know that Simeone is at times inclined to try to sit and protect. He thinks that they actually could go out and hold a 1-0 lead into Anfield. Like, he actually believes that his side can do that, and he might be right. Mm -hmm. Now, as he said, if they pull an early goal here, then, oh my goodness, all of a sudden things change dramatically. But I think the idea of Simeone and what people suspect out of him is that they're going to go into Anfield and just try to defend for 90 more minutes. And if that's the case, then uh, we saw it last year with Juventus. I don't, I don't give them much of a shot at all. But do they have it within them to go into Anfield and say, let's push for an early goal here? Or does it just happen on, you know, by some stroke of luck for them? But if their idea, if their game plan is just to go in there and defend a one-goal lead, then I, I just I really don't like their chances at all. So I referenced the the Champions League pool a little a little bit ago. So Liverpool's off to a little bit of a shaky start. I think Liverpool are still the club that Darren has selected to win Champions League. That's Is that correct. your prediction? Yes, that was my prediction. We had to pick the champ right before the right. round of sixteen. I picked. I went with Liverpool. So you that was before the first leg. Do you still? I I would still feel somewhat confident with that. They I think they're still the favorites regardless of what happened in that first leg. I I went with Manchester City to yeah. win Champions League. Uh, Nate, Actually, you, I think City is the favorite. Are they? I think if I read the odds, the uh, the odds makers had City as the favorite from what I saw oh, when I was looking me. it up a couple days ago. Okay, that's a surprise to me. Nate, who do you think wins it all? Uh, I would just love it, uh, first off. To quote, to quote the great Kevin Keegan, I'd just love it if Manchester City were to be knocked out in the round of 16 by Real Madrid. And I might be inclined to say that that is going to happen. I might make the prediction right now. You know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it, Jordan. I'm doing it, Darren. I'm saying it right here, right now. Real Madrid beats Manchester City over two legs and the misery of the last week or so for Man City. It just piles on. It gets worse and worse and worse. I'm telling you, Real are on the rise. City are, I don't know if on the fall, but at least off the pitch and and the vibe around the club. I got Real advancing through that tie, and I have Liverpool overcoming Atletico Madrid, and I have Liverpool going on to win it all. And perhaps maybe Liverpool meet back up with Real Madrid in this competition. Wouldn't that be something? But finishing up on on that second leg at Anfield, if there is one team that could do it, as Darren said, if there is one team Mm -hmm. that 
could defend. Give up one goal in 120 minutes and, and force it all the way to penalties. If there's one team who could hold nil-nil for 90 and get through to the quarterfinals with a 1-0 win, it is Atletico Madrid. They are the one team that I would really fear the most with this particular lead going into this particular fixture. I think Sadio Mane is going to be huge uh, as well for Liverpool. I think Klopp did make the right decision pulling Mane off yesterday. He was quoted as saying that had he uh, breathed too hard uh, in the second half, he was concerned that one of the Atletico Madrid players was uh, going to go down and get Mane sent off, and he had to make sure that uh, he had the services of, of one of the best players in the world for, for that second leg. I think Mane is going to be huge. I think Liverpool are going to scrape through. It's not going to be as spectacular or easy as some people think. I think they really are going to scrape through, and I still think they're going to win it all this season. I, I really do, and I think City are going out to Real. So some of the biggest news this week, Nate, is the news with Manchester City and what's going to happen oh, with yeah. Manchester City. My opinion is what happens, the the impact of the actual ruling, whatever it's going to be, whether it's a two-year ban, uh, they're going to appeal, it sounds like, whether it gets knocked down to a year, whatever whatever happens, I think the, the effect will be more impactful than the ban itself and whatever fine might come with it. What was your takeaway? What do you think of the, the Manchester City punishment we saw this week? Um, I think it's a, a long time overdue. I think a lot of credit uh, needs to go to 10 German journalists uh, from an outlet called Der Spiegel. And I encourage everybody to uh, look up the investigative pieces that were put out uh, a couple of years ago by, by Der Spiegel, the German outlet that, that sort of uh, not revealed the story, but really pulled it back and, and got to, to put it in the eyes, uh, in front of the eyes of of the world. And after those stories came out, nothing still really happened. And, and more and more people became outraged that this stuff was known. And that's, I think, one of the most important aspects of this whole Man City story, guys, is that people have known about this stuff. We're talking about the 2014 Premier League title within these, these stories, within the news that's come out. Yes, stuff has continued to happen in these egregious uh, breachings of financial fair play and essentially using liquid money. They're owned by a country. Man City are owned by a country. They don't have to show any sort of sponsorship. They can just funnel money through the team. And, and we're talking about, you know, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions um, in ways that are, are damaging to the game. And I'm sure there are plenty of hypocrisies in play from UEFA here that will reveal themselves throughout this appeal. This is going to become a legal battle. This is going to become a who has the better lawyers at the table battle. And I'm sure there are going to be plenty of hypocrisies to come out in the coming weeks and months from UEFA. But I still firmly believe that the right thing is happening right now. And that at least, at the very least, a two-year European ban should be placed against Man City, and they should be embarrassed, and everybody should know the details of what they've been doing, essentially lying about sponsorship revenue in an egregious fashion to funnel hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds, dollar, euro, whatever you want to form it as, into their club to buy the best players and to assemble a team that has become a juggernaut of all juggernauts. Yeah, they're in second in the Prem right now. Let's not forget that. But they are a juggernaut in every way, shape, and form. Okay, but hold on. Let me just jump in here and fast forward through the morality of it all. Sorry, Nate. But you are on the receiving end of this as a Liverpool supporter because your club went on a ridiculous run 
last season and finished just shy of Manchester City. Now, I deal with this all the time on the radio show because I'm talking about baseball and the Astros and whether you should strip titles, etc. Is there anything you would like to see done as a Liverpool supporter to Manchester City, which won the league title in historic fashion last year? You know what? I want to throw a shout-out as I answer this to uh, my loving partner, Sophia, a.k.a. Little Van Dyke, because we were actually just having this very conversation last night. And she asked almost verbatim there, Darren, the same exact question to me because we were reading the piece about uh, everybody taking the piss with Stevie G and the slip of 2014 and maybe Liverpool are going to get retroactively given the Premier League title of 2014. And I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you the way I told her last night, the way I'll tell you all right now. I ain't with that. Nope. I ain't with that Mm-mm. at Good. all. That is not why I'm in this. That is not Good. where the morality stance comes from. What I want to see is it get yanked from them. I want to see them get embarrassed. I want to see the 2014 title, and this embarrasses football. And that's the reason why Manfred and Major League Baseball are being so disgraceful. That, in my opinion, is one of the main reasons there, where they're not willing to go that extra length because it'll embarrass themselves, because it'll put Major League Baseball in a terrible light. And for me, football should be in a terrible light with allowing what's happened with the Man Cities of the world, with the PSGs of the world, and these clubs that are being built in the most unnatural, gross ways. I want to see them get punished. I want for there to be no Premier League champion from 2014, and I definitely want there to be no Man City in the next couple of years of the UEFA Champions See, this is where I slightly disagree. I'm glad that you don't want the title given to you as a Liverpool supporter or give it to United from a bunch of years. I wouldn't go back and rewrite history if it were me. Maybe you can do something. um, I I mean, I think the punishment moving forward, which I know Jordan and I want to talk about uh, and you want to talk about, because we all are like, uh, you know, we're a pack of wolves right now. We want to pick apart Manchester City and figure (laughs) and find out what players could help our clubs. I wouldn't go back myself personally, whether it's baseball or in this situation and rewrite history because we watch teams win it. I don't like it when it's done in the NCAA for college athletics when you find out some college football team was cheating or some college basketball team was cheating. So I probably wouldn't do it here. I think that that you know that that history won't forget what went on with the Astros and it won't went on won't forget what went went on with City, but I understand that side of it as well. I think two years what that's going to set this club back. How far is it going to be set back if this punishment is upheld that you get a two-year ban? from being in Champions League. I mean, that's going to hurt as much as anything, don't you think? Well, the biggest impact is a financial impact, isn't it? And I don't know how much... It's like uh, $80 million. Yeah, I but mean, is our finances the biggest issue? Like, they're even... In these <laughs> emails, they're quoted as saying, even if we get busted, we're going to we're gonna throw money at it. We're just going to find the best lawyers. We're going to spend I $50 million just to make it go away. We're going to beat this money issue no. with more money. But if their players no, start leaving because they want to play in the Champions League, that's why they go I, to Manchester City. I think City. Raheem, Sterling, Raheem Sterling was one of the first to come out and pledge his future. I think back to Juventus back in 2006 after the 06 World Cup with the Italian match-fixing scandal that happened and Juve getting relegated and having a, you know, a huge disgrace attached to them and all the great players of that generation who stuck with Juventus. And there's guys who've been treated oh so well in their time at Man City and have become part of the ethos of the few good things that that club has to offer, which is some scintillating football and a great footballing culture when it comes to the players themselves and the staff, I'm sure, and some great connections with supporters on the ground. 
players are going to stick it out and players will get paid very handsomely to stick it out. And I'm with Jordan in the sense that I feel like deep down, this is just going to potentially create an even bigger monster. Mm -hmm. And there could be a two year ban put into play and or put into place. And within two years after that, we could be discussing the same stuff again as Man City win the 2022 Premier League or win the 2023 Champions League. I feel like there's going to be ongoing investigations and it's going to be a, a battle money with money mentality. And wouldn't it be something? I know I said I think they're going to get beat by Real, but wouldn't it be something for Man City to win the Champions League this year? You talk about embarrassment for UEFA and embarrassment for football. If Man City win the Champions League this year after everything that's come out, I could not think of a greater disgrace for UEFA as an organization. So there's your motivation, Pep. There's your motivation, City fans. Mm, okay, well, there's your motivation because Jordan picked him in our Champions League. Yeah, pool. I have Manchester City <laughs> winning it. So Jordan's rooting for that. There you go. Yeah, I think what it really does is it adds uncertainty. Because Could you hear the disdain in Nate's voice when he said, there I you know. go? I'm really glad you told there him. There you go. There um, you go. So it adds uncertainty. <laughs> like Manchester City were a club that you were certain were going to be in Champions League for the foreseeable future, like just throughout however many years. We don't know what that looks like now in two years. We don't know if Pep is going to be with that club in two years. We don't know what players will still be with that club in two years. Maybe they're still good. Maybe they're still great. Maybe they find a better manager. Maybe Pep is still there. We just don't know that for sure. And so we've gone from Pep and this team, they're great, and they're going to stay great too. We're going to have to see what's going to happen here. And who knows? Maybe Raheem Sterling, even though he says he wants to stay there, maybe he wants to go score goals at Stamford Bridge because Chelsea could really use him. Well, what are you supposed <laughs> to say now, though? Oh, yeah, dude, I'm definitely planning my exit. You kidding me? I get a chance to go and play for a Champions League club in some other league or this league itself? Yeah, I'm going to jump at that. You're not going to say that now. And if Pep leaves, like if Pep is the first one to leave, that gives clearance for all the other players to leave, right? Because they, they must be committed to an extent to the club, yes, but they're also committed to Pep. So if he's gone, for whatever reason, he leaves, like just that's a full green light for everyone else to go to. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, maybe we can learn a little something about everybody who else who is still affiliated with the club about what level of knowledge there was that existed. Not that you know, no, but sometimes you know yeah. what's going on since you're around it all the time. So uh, if we had a draft right now, since yeah, Nate, you, pick are, one player. you are, <laughs> I mean, let's be selfish about this. So uh, if we were to have a draft here, Nate, and you could take your pick, anybody affiliated with Manchester City, they could put on the Liverpool shirt. Who would it be? Uh, well, there was a certain attacking player uh, for Manchester City who I found out recently. I think I found this out actually a couple years ago, but I rediscovered it uh, recently. When he was a young, young child in Belgium, uh, he had a great affinity for a certain Liverpool football club and an even greater affinity for a certain Michael Owen, one of my first favorite footballers when I was just a wee young lad. And I speak this commonality that I share. Um, I share it with a certain Kevin De Bruyne. And I feel like the young lad, the, the, the native son, the honorary scouser needs to come home. I feel like Michael Owen Jr. needs to come home. I feel like the man who grew up watching Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen and supporting the Reds of Liverpool. Listen, wearing, Nate, all right, Nate, he's a blue man. Liverpool he played for Chelsea. He's riding, horses. he's riding horses as a little kid in Belgium, and he's wearing a Liverpool Listen, kit. Harry Kane wore Arsenal home. kits, too. We all got over it. KDB home, is Chelsea come blue, home. and that's my pick before. You never my even son. said it, so I'll take KDB before he I makes his selection. Right off. You guys can fight over KDB. I'm just going to go with Pep. 
and uh, maybe uh, Gabriel Jesus, if he wants to come aboard as well. Like that, That's where I'm heading here. But. I'll take Sterling or Aguero. We need goal scorers, to be honest. Aguero? Aguero's going to Inter-Miami. Whatever. Des- He's better than anyone on Chelsea right now scoring goals. Darren, you said you want Pep. You had your choice of any player yeah. or any coach, <laughs> yeah. and you Pep. go with the guy who is on the down, who is absolutely on the down right now. I'm curious to see what this is. What this season is going to entail, what the rest of this thing is going to entail for City, what they win, what they do, because I think Pep leaves in the summer. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction mm-hmm. there. I think Pep Come is, home, good Pep. is gone. And I want to know what happens next for Pep Guardiola. Come I want to know what the next chapter you say back to Barcelona. How about that? Yep. Well, I'm just you saying this is Pep our fantasy do? draft. This is my fantasy pick. Pep should prove to us that he can win the Prem without cheating. <laughs> so if he really wants to prove something in this league, do it that way. So you're going, Pep. I'll go. Um, I'll go Sterling, and then it sounds like Nate's taking De Bruyne. Okay. Well, then I'm I'll come back around. My second round pick is uh, Gabriel Jesus. I'm taking uh, De Bruyne's childhood horse that he rode while wearing the Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take Stones to finish. All right. So uh, are we good? Are we good on European football? I want to talk about what happened so. with uh, San Diego Loyal last week at Stone Brewing. We learned a lot last week. Man, are you good? Is it all out of your system? Yeah, Jordan, do you still got to get over that Harry Maguire non-red card from the Monday, or what's the deal? No, my my stance. Anybody stays, else have anything they need to get off their my chest? My stance stays the same. VAR sucks. Get rid of it. Was well, it VAR or is it the people who are running VAR? All of it. Because the maybe, VAR itself it wasn't the problem. Here it is. People suck. Get rid of them. How okay. about that? Good. Um, <laughs> let's talk about people who don't suck. San Diego Loyal Stone Brewing. We had a great time. For the first time, we got to see the kits. And uh, we got to see the kit sponsors, and Darren was up on a stage, and he was introducing people, and he was having an entire team behind him, and there was a light show, and there was beer, and I showed up kind of late. So tell me what I missed, Darren. Uh, what did you miss? Well, you missed uh, you, you missed the chance to meet some of the players mm-hmm. at that opportunity beforehand, since they were sequestered off into a banquet room at Stone Brewing and Liberty Station. So I had a chance to go meet some of the guys there. Sal Zizo has been a guest on this podcast. What a gentleman. Just an absolute peach of a human, uh, Emra Clementa, uh, many, many others as well. Too many to start rattling off here. But had a chance to meet some of the players, go behind the scenes, meet the guys from Stone Brewing. We did uh, an embargoed radio show over on Kogo where we talked to uh, Steve Wagner and Warren Smith, Landon Donovan, about the partnership. So we knew a little bit about it ahead of time. All three of us did, frankly, Mm -hmm. if we can just be so honest now. All three of us knew what the kits looked like before the actual reveal on Thursday night. So we can confess that now, even though we sort of tiptoed around it in previous podcasts. We tried to connect dots. Um, it was good. It was a cold night. But, man, a lot of people showed up. I don't know what the final number was. I know 1,200 RSVP'd. I'm guessing if they got half of that, maybe a little bit more, then that was an incredibly successful night. I thought the kit reveal went off really, really well. All the players were up there wearing either the white shirts or wearing the orange shirts with the stone brewing right across the front. I thought the guys from Stone... Absolutely hit it out of the park. They were great. This is a three-year deal. It's the perfect deal. It is a San Diego brand of all brands that we've seen here around town, and it fits hand-in-glove with where this thing is going, I think. So it was a it was a terrific event. I was really thrilled just to be a part of it uh, and, and just to 
play a small, tiny role, introduce a couple of people, and then get out of the way and go enjoy it like everybody else did. Yeah, it, it was easy to connect the dots once you saw that the kit reveal was happening at Stone Brewing. It was easy to connect dots. Well, there's a chance here that Stone is going to be written right across that kit for SD Loyal, and that's exactly what we saw. We see the home kit, which is white on white. You got a little bit of the orange trim across the shoulders. Uh, the away kit, going to be orange on orange. We got to see the goalkeeper's kits. There's a couple of them. Uh, they Instead of saying Stone Brewing across the front for the goalkeepers, it's the gargoyle head, just a huge gargoyle head. So that looks really, really good. A lot of people, I think, like the goalie kits more than any other kit. Yeah. Um, I went over to the Soccer Loco tent after the event and just to kind of see what was left, what was available, because, again, I did show up a little bit late coming from a broadcast. and They were sold out of everything, Darren. They didn't have any home jerseys left. They didn't have any away kits left. Like every, they, People bought the place out. There was nothing left. Good. So I still need to get some gear. I mean, good. That's good, right? Like, is that that's a good great. problem to have? No, they say? I'm not complaining. I'm saying that's a great thing. Yeah, I, I told them, too. We we had made the suggestion. Like, I hope you guys are prepared for what's about to come because it was my prediction that this would be incredibly popular, not only amongst the people who are getting set to go out and support SD Loyal in its inaugural season starting on March 7th, but also for people who are just proud of San Diego, proud of San Diego sports. Like, this is one of the great brands of San Diego Stone Brewing. And this is what SD Loyal aspires to be. So in a way, it was very much fitting for them to attach and, and want to be a part of what it is that Loyal or what Stone Brewing has turned into over the last 25 years. And I guess I think the moral of the story, too, is that Stone sees a lot of itself in SD Loyal in terms of starting and, and the type of people who are willing to support. So I thought it was great. Nate, you posted an event like this when there was the uh, the actual reveal for the name itself. What did you think? Uh, well, I'm glad, first off, that Jordan uh, brought up the gargoyle and brought up the uh, the goalkeeper kit with the gargoyle because the gargoyle and the goalkeeper are uh, becoming one, and they shall this, this uh, 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 seamless kind of unison between the uh, – the gargoyle and the goalkeeper. It shall continue. That's all I can say uh, at this time. Look out for more uh, collaborations and connections between the gargoyle and the goalkeeper. Uh, they protect us from bad things. The gargoyle protects us from terrible beer, and the goalkeeper protects us from giving up goals and losing soccer matches. So I love the, uh, the tie-in there. I think that's going to be some really good stuff uh, throughout this inaugural season and moving forward. The uh, gargoyle goalkeeper. I loved every aspect of that event, and it's real simple. Why? Because it was dope. Because I walked in, and I looked around, and I went, I feel like I'm at like a good festival mm -hmm. right now. I walked in. I had like a party festival vibe. There was every person who I've met, every person damn near who I've met and loved in four years of being a part of this cross-border soccer community, and they were all there having a good party festival vibe. And with everything with Stone, if we can have events like that, I'm not saying events like that every week. I know that was a big deal and took a lot of planning, but with what we have with the folks at Stone, the notion that we could be having events akin to that as the club continues to grow, where it's more than just the match days, it's everything else. It's the other days of the week that we can get together and, and have stuff like that. That's priceless. Not everybody has that. Not everybody else has the availability uh, to do that. So I'm excited to see what this partnership brings from the gargoyles and goalkeepers to the beers and just the people uh, themselves. Yeah. Onward, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, it, it feels like a perfect fit because you think about the away matches. Where do you want to go watch? I mean, if you're, I would assume there's probably going to be viewing party opportunities 
at a Stone Brewing, whether you're in North County, someone who grew up in North County, I love the fact that there's the Escondido option for people who are living up there. And then you have the option at Liberty Station, which is just an incredible venue. So it, it seems like a perfect partnership. And what I love about it, guys, it kind of it, it, it creates a little bit of, of an edge with the kit, doesn't it? A little bit. Like, I mean, the SD Loyal, the logo itself, which I guess we haven't brought up, it, it's three-dimensional, which looks yeah. fantastic. It looks right. so good in person. If you've only seen pictures, it's pretty much impossible for pictures to do it justice. It's something you need to see in person. But there's depth to it. It looks really, really good. But I think with Stone and the Gargoyle for the goalie and whatever they're able to do with that partnership, like it, it creates a little bit of an edge with this club. And I like that. Yeah, I, 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 like I, I, like I dig a lot. Well. Oh, Darren, Darren, tell me about how you like that. No, Nate, I want so you to tell us about how studio. you like it. I, I'm just no, up there. I was just part of the event. I would much rather hear you, Nate. Let's just pretend that we're all in the same studio and, and stuff like this doesn't happen. You know, we just we can see <laughs> each other. Eye contact. Good stuff, Darren. <laughs> I will say the first time we saw it, I was I was more keen on the orange, but I will say that the crest to Jordan's point oh, really so pops good. on the white background, man. Like there is something about that to Jordan's point mm-hmm. of having to see that in person. Mm-hmm. And as they revealed on Thursday night, there's still more to come that the actual home kit somewhere down the road is going to be that Tory green that Adidas literally didn't have the color in their <laughs> color palette to produce. So like there's they, more. We coming. talked about that that night. We talked about that. That's been out there. I'm not revealing any trade secrets here because that was brought up on Kogo, and I'm pretty sure it was also brought up Thursday night as well, that there is another kit coming somewhere down the road, but that Adidas needed a little bit of time just to get the actual color so that it could put it out there. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take a while. But in the meantime, I think the white is killer. I think the white is absolutely killer. I think that uh, the gargoyles there protecting the net, that's such a beautiful tie-in. There were three different keeper kits. So that was fantastic to see as well. And I also thought, most importantly, it looked great on the players that they've assembled. And as Landon was introducing the players, I really got a kick out of him introducing them where they're from and thinking about everything it is that we love about this sport, everything from the cross-border community that Nate already mentioned here to just it being the global game bound by the ball, right? I, I just really enjoyed that part. The whole night, I thought, was a tremendous success for every reason that you've all given already. But also just the introduction of the players and telling us a little bit about them and where they're from. I thought that was uh, – and watching and seeing them in the kit, kit one, team one, season one, I thought that was just a, a beautiful cherry on top of a fabulous event. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And the, the last little thing to, to kind of put the, the bow on all of it, bouncing off the, the player introductions and the connection with the individuals who make the collective and bouncing off the edge – that Jordan alluded to, the little bit of an edge that Stone gives to this club across the front of the kits. How about the moment of every player hoisting up a can of Stone on a cold (laughs) Thursday night at Liberty Station? And I know you've had this conversation multiple times on the show, talking about the USL player and talking about the level of football. This is good professional soccer that we are getting. This ain't no slouch minor league BS. This is real professional quality but rest assured the lads might occasionally have a beer with you and to see that moment to see all of them in that setting in that moment with that edge with that camaraderie that we're talking about seeing every player hoist up a 12 ounce can on a thursday night and say cheers to season one and take a sip of stone beer that was cool that was a special moment and for me very much a a microcosm of 
of this whole conversation. So cheers to 2020. And I can tell you also that wasn't just done there for the tradition of it or to use the beer as a prop since you're celebrating Stone Brewing. There was a little bit of that going on before the scenes, behind the scenes, before the event itself. <laughs> and I was standing there right next to uh, Emra Clementa, and he, I, I could tell like he was definitely up there, beer in hand, cheers and toasting everybody, toasting Stone Brewing, mm. toasting SD Loyal, toasting the locals, the supporters groups, all the different people who were in attendance there. So I had a great view of that right from where I sit. And by the way, speaking of getting this thing rolling, let us also mention coming up Saturday night at Torero Stadium, <laughs> Nate, you are uh, involved SD Loyal will be on the pitch for the very first time Saturday night, 8 o'clock. If I'm not mistaken, you're part of it, right? You're part of the the match against Costa del Este. I will be voicing the public address system. I will be getting my PA voice on Darren and Jordan. Perhaps I'll give you an echoey shout-out through the Torero Stadium speakers, and we will be doing lovely public address things. Indeed, I'm excited. Was that your PA voice? That was my PA. That was sort of like my afterlife slash PA voice. Afterlife. It's good. It was good. Good from the grave. From beyond the grave. No, I should probably fine tune this uh, before Saturday. Um, <laughs> if I just talk like that for the whole time, that would be really, really fun, though. Um, it's going to be a good event. I think I'm Nate just lost his gig be. on Saturday. Um, yeah, I hope. I hope I still have the job. Um, <laughs> I am excited to see this team on the pitch at Torero Stadium. I know everybody got to see that, or a lot of people got to see uh, that day, the friendly um, against SC Dallas down at the Olympic Training Center. But to see the team in the stadium where they are going to play games, where they are going to call home, uh, that's big. That's a big first. And so I know everybody has eyes on that March 7th day uh, against Las Vegas Lights and the Landon Donovan versus Eric Winalda coaching matchup. And I know some people might look at this and go, oh, well, it's just a preseason friendly. It's still a first. It's still a first game, first match for SB Loyal inside Torero Stadium. That's what I uh, am most excited about. In addition to hopping uh, temporarily back on the uh, PA microphone, I'm just excited to see Loyal at Torero Stadium. Mm-hmm. That is going to be cool. Are you working on your pronunciations? Uh, you know me. They are the most important thing. Uh, Come on, give, give us some. Give us some from SD Loyal. Yeah, and your PA voice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe to the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Give it up for my friends Darren Smith and Jordan Carruth. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Smythe and Jordan Carruth. I just want to say <laughs> you need to subscribe to their podcast. This is Nate Abareu. Saying good night from Torero Stadium. You got a couple SD Loyal players who who require just a touch of clarification there, a little getting used to. Well, so. it is it is a very uh, important thing. If you know me, you know I take great pride in uh, pronouncing people's names correctly and honoring people's cultures because I've had my name butchered since it was old enough to be said. So, uh, do we butcher it? Do we get it right? You guys say it flawlessly. You yes. even roll your R's. You're just oh oh. Let's just, that should be the whole podcast next time I come on. Abarea. Yeah, the whole time. Like, it's it's being John Malkovich meets Abarea. Abarea, Abarea, Abarea. Abarea, who's very excited about 40, the Copa del Rey final since it involves minutes. two Basque clubs. I hope it involves two Basque clubs. I love, I'm. we haven't spoken, actually, since that great day. <laughs> well, Nate, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going on 40 here. Nate, we got to slow down. I do have a quiz, or not a quiz, I have a test for you, not a test. I don't know what to call this. This is a competition between you and Darren. Oh, you in? I'm going to lose. No. What are we competing? 
Just slow already, down, would you? I win. I win. Jeez. Um, all right. So here's the... <laughs> I want to see who can do something a little bit better than the other. Okay. Nate's going to be better. Who Let's can go. say gargoyle five times fast better? Ooh. Uh, Darren, you have the honors. Who wants to go first? I don't know if there's an advantage to going first. Gargoyle, gargoyle. No, faster than that. Gar Let's go. This is as fast as it can go. Gargoyle, 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 gargoyle. Nate, take it away. Gargoyle, 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 gargoyle. Nate was, did better. Yeah, that was pretty good, Nate. That was a lot better than I was expecting. I thought this would be a lot funnier. You guys ruined it by being actually kind of good. Thanks a lot. I'm going to do that on the PA on Saturday night and shout out Jordan Carruth. Like, like an anchor man. Like, I love scotch. <laughs> yeah, shout us out. If you shout us out, we'll play it on the podcast next week. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, right. shout out to the Basque country. Shout out to Basque football. The, the, in the four-hour span, two Basque teams knocking Real Madrid and Barcelona out of the Copa del Rey uh, back last week. Shout out to uh, Real Sociedad and Athletic Club Bilbao. I know Darren very much enjoyed that. Yeah, I also, uh, speaking of shout outs, there was one shout out I want to give out before we, uh, before we wrap things up here. The president of the supporter section, the locals, Scuba Steve, he's been on the podcast before. He welcomed a new son to the world. A little local, a little local. Bryce a is here. Scuba son. So I want a scuba son. Yes, yes, a scuba son, Nate. Uh, shout out to Bryce, <laughs> who is a little local, and I'm expecting him to be there Saturday. And if he's anything like his dad, he's probably screaming just like nonsensical noises right now. It's great. I like that. He's saying gargoyle five times fast. Yeah, and better than I would uh, would have been able to that do, guys. That was the only impressive. bummer for the whole event is those guys gave me a scarf, and, and I put it right behind where I was standing on the little side stage there, which was off. And somebody jacked the scarf that they gave me. Oh, the no. local scarf? Yeah. Those local scarves are really, really good. Which, I put it which behind one did the scenes. I put it behind. Oh, they gave me one. Jerry gave me one. But I put it behind the scenes just because you know, they wanted me wearing the loyal stuff. So, you know, as I was, and I just put it right behind where I was, right behind the DJ, who was a friend of the chairman, Andrew Vasiliadis. But I put it right back there, and then when I went to get it at the conclusion of the event, it was gone. That was a little cold night. Somebody might have picked it up for warmth. For function more than fashion. But that said, if anybody knows what happened to that scarf, I would really like it back. Do we need to file a missing scarf report? <laughs> yes, Nate, we do. Let's file the report. Let's get to the bottom of this. I'm, I'm sending the dogs out. This okay. is unacceptable. All right, Nate. Um, anything else we need to get to, fellas? <laughs> what was that? This is your show. You tell me. No, I'm good. All right. I'm, I'm good, good too. Unless you want to talk about LAFC and playing in CONCACAF Champions League and Leon. How about their supporters showing up the way they did? Wasn't that great? They lost. That was good. The players the didn't show, but the, the supporters showed up more than the players. But yeah. uh, credit credit to them. We'll see what they can do in the uh, in the second leg. At yeah. home. I, was, I I thought that was really just great that like a thousand LAFC fans showed up in Leon. I thought the coolest moment of all was the Leon fans, a packed stadium down there in Guanajuato, and and thousands of people actually turning to the away end at the end of the match and applauding them. Yeah. And a, a great shared moment of. Uh, Talk about cross-border camaraderie in this day and age uh, on a footballing level. That was a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. So, yeah, shout out and love to the uh, LAFC traveling fans and to the fans in Leon. And shout well. out to uh, Club Tijuana also for advancing in uh, Copa MX, correct? Indeed. Copa MX making making a run in the Copa. And uh, Cholos hosting Chivas, by the way, on Friday night. I'll be down in Tijuana uh, the night before that, that big SD loyal Costa del Este friendly at uh, Torero. I'll be down at Estadio Caliente uh, on, on Friday night for Cholos Chivas. So anybody listening who is also heading down for that game, whether you're supporting Club Tijuana or you're supporting that famous Mexican club from Guadalajara, whoever you're supporting, if you're going, 
hit me up. You know how to get a hold of me by now. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, hope to see you down there. And they get Toluca, correct, in the next round of Copa Emmaekis? I have to double-check that. There's I'm pretty sure. There's a lot sure. going on right now. Derek. I've got a Toluca supporter who always just wears me out about Toluca. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure he sent me something on Twitter last night. So, yes, we look forward to that. Should be fun. Let us finish with this. I want to hear a prediction from you guys. Who has the better chance of an upset next week in Champions League? Chelsea over Bayern or Napoli over Barca? Ooh. Well, given that Napa's responsible for, uh, Napoli's responsible for one of the uh, three Liverpool losses, and it's at Napoli, Barca's away form is terrible. Uh, by the way, I called in sick I mean both on legs, Tuesday. Though. Oh, I'm, forget it then. Uh, I will say Chelsea. <laughs> you think Chelsea have the better chance to pull the upset? Yeah. Nate? For, for the sake of difference, for the sake of... No, uh, I don't want that. I want your honesty. Well, I, I want to give, you know, good high-quality talk radio. Good high-quality This isn't talk radio. Here, I, podcasting, whatever. Same, same thing. You know, it all blends together for people like us. Um, I'm going to give the nod to Chelsea. I have a weird feeling about Chelsea uh, going into that Bayern game and somehow having a really good performance as they are having anything but in every other game that they play right now. I feel like it's going to be one of those weird footballing flips where they're just going to play really well in their most challenging fixture of all, and I think they uh, they will get an upset in the first leg. I think they'll surprise people in the first leg and possibly blow it uh, in the second. So good luck. <laughs> By the way, I already took the day off, so I'm off on Tuesday. If anybody want to come, everybody wants to come down to Serrano's. That's that day. That's that day. That's perfect that day to take I had off. a couple of floating I just holidays. Took the day off. Well, I, I I didn't. I worked President's Day. I worked Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So as a result, I get two holidays. I was like, okay, let's start using those for Champions League matches. So we'll see you at Serrano's on Tuesday. <laughs> Champions League days. I love it. All right. Um, we've got to give our thanks to our sponsors before we say goodbye. Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. Also want to thank Sport Clips. Nate, thank you so much for thank doing you, the Nate. interview from your bed today. Yay, Nate. Yay. I like that I'm a sponsor. No, it's, it's Three Punk Ales, it's Sport Clips, and it's Nate Abarea. Please shout us out on the PA on Saturday so we can use it on the podcast next week. Absolutely. Okay. Goodbye.